Thank you so much for joining us for another message from Sandhill Free Will Baptist Church in Sandusky, Ohio. This podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sandhill. It is our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ. It is our steadfast belief that we can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or visit our social media pages on YouTube or Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. I hope I have a message this morning that will be of a help to all of us. Uh, I'm excited about about the message, and I, I hope that all of you uh, will will get a Bible out or however you uh, read the Word of God and and follow along with us. We're going to be doing a little bit of reading and going to kind of just stick right into the Bible this morning. So uh, I'm going to ask you to follow along with us as best you can. But how many of you know? Before we read the scripture this morning, we'll be in First uh, Thessalonians chapter two. If you want to be finding your way there, we'll read it here just in a minute. First Thessalonians chapter two. But how many of you know that things don't always go as planned? That's kind of what we talk about this morning. You know, in life in general, in church, in ministry, and everything really that we do, uh, most of the time we make plans, we, we think things are going to go a certain way, and things don't always go the way we plan. And, and I know that's something everybody knows, uh, but, but what we do with that is really what we want to talk about this morning. And, and so the truth is, problems are going to happen, uh, plans are going to get wrecked sometimes, sometimes things are going to... Uh, not go the way we thought they should go or want them to go. Uh, but I want you to understand that what you do when things don't go as planned is what determines the trajectory of your life. In other words, there are people who um, plans are, are messed up and things don't go according to the way they want them to. And sometimes people give up or they get really discouraged or, or they, you know, they begin to question why is this happening? And there are other people who they just uh, improvise and go on and that really determines the trajectory of your life. In other words, uh, at the end of life, you're either going to be a, a uh, overcomer or you're going to be defeated. And we kind of want to talk about that this morning because the truth is, uh, you know, not just this virus and not just everything going on in our country, uh, but if you've lived any time at all, you know, things don't always go as planned. And so we want to talk about what do we do when that happens? Um, the, the Apostle Paul, what a, what a good illustration he is of this very fact. And as we look at the scripture, we have a story we want to read to you this morning, uh, but as we could find multiple uh, illustrations of, of the Apostle Paul, where he would he would plan to do something and it, it just didn't go the way he planned, didn't go the way he wanted it to. Uh, but what we see in the Apostle Paul is not a man who says, well, I guess I'll just quit or I guess I'm, you know, why is this happening to me or, you know, I've got it so bad. But what we see the Apostle Paul is a man who gets back up and says, whatever it takes, we're, we're going to make this work. And we want to kind of encourage all of you to to have that mindset this morning. Uh, that is the mindset we need at Sand Hill. And if you're not from Sand Hill, this is a mindset we need everywhere uh, is to uh, overcome those obstacles and be what God would have us to be. So if you'd follow along with us this morning as we read God's holy word, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I'd like to start reading the verse 14 if you follow along with us. <clears throat> For ye brethren became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. 
who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they please not God and are contrary unto all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you, for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your faces with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming, for ye are our glory and joy." Uh, chapter three, <clears throat> wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and comfort you concerning your faith that no man should be moved by the, these afflictions for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and ye know. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for this privilege. Thank you for each and every one that is joining us. Lord, as I pray, we'll be able to take your word and encourage everybody, Lord, that is listening today. And Lord, may we understand that, Lord, sometimes there'll be problems, but Lord, we are overcomers through you. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, hide me behind the cross, that I would not interfere with what you'd say to your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we look at this story, uh, we see the Apostle Paul here is addressing the church at Thessalonica. We're going to look at that, uh, how that came to be here in in just in a minute. Uh, But he is addressing this church. And if you read the book of Thessalonians, it's it's a very uh, uplifting, encouraging book. Paul uh, has went and established this church. He is, if you will, he's he's feeling as though the pastor of it, he's birthed it and he's responsible for it. And and so but he's he's trying to get back there and he's having some problems. That's kind of what this uh, story is all about. And so as we look at point number one, I want you to look at Paul's desire. It is very evident in this scripture. You know, I believe Paul was a very um, passionate man. He had a lot of passion and a lot of heart, but I want you to see the passion that he had for these people, the, the, the love, the desire that he had. And, you know, we can look at these scriptures and, and we can look through this as we see the apostle Paul talking to this church at Thessalonica and we can say, well, he, he has a duty. He has, if you will, a responsibility. He is, uh, if you will, their spiritual father. He is, if you will, their pastor. He is uh, leading them and he has a duty, a responsibility. And certainly that is very true. There is a duty and a responsibility laid on him that no doubt he feels the weight of that. And, and so we could, we could clearly see that here. And then we would also look at this and we would understand that Paul has a great love. He just loves this church. Uh, there are scholars whether this is accurate or not, but there are scholars that debate the fact that of all the churches there were, that the church of Thessalonica was Paul's favorite. He is very complimentary in his letter here. He loves the church. He he has a responsibility and a duty to them, but he also, he loves them. He has a longing in his heart to be with them. But I, but I want to give you this on top of that, on top of his duty, his responsibility, on top of it, just his genuine love and caring for them. Can I tell you that Paul liked the church at Thessalonica? He 
He, he wasn't just going back there because it was his duty. He wasn't just going back there because I have to or because I'm supposed to or because they need me. Paul loved them and he liked them. He wanted to be with them. You can see it so clearly in his words. He's passionate, desiring in his, in his soul to be with them because Paul loves these people and he likes these people so very much. If we look at verse number 17 in our reading, it says, uh, but we brethren being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart. So he's absent from them. He can't be with his people, though he loves them. He can't be with them. Uh, and then he, but then he makes it clear. He says, endeavoring the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Do you see the passion in those words? Paul saying, I'm not with you. My heart's with you, but I can't be with you physically. And Paul says, I am uh, endeavoring abundantly. I'm laboring. I'm working. I want to be with you. I long to be with you. And then he finished up with great desire. Here's not a man who says, well, my job is to go back and I'm supposed to, so I will. Here's not a man who says, well, it's my duty, my obligation to be there for the church. Here's a man who says, I love you. I long for you. I desire you. We can't be together, but I want to be with you. And I am in, in great desire to be with you. We, we go on down to verse 18, <clears throat> wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Again, we see here, he say multiple times I'm endeavoring, I'm laboring, I'm working. Multiple times I tried to come, I tried this way, it didn't work. I tried that way, it didn't work. I had another plan, I did this, it didn't work out. I have been trying to get with you, but every time I make a plan, it falls apart. And Paul says, I desire to be with you. And it's that it's not, it's it's not that, um, that, that, that I, I'm not trying, but every time I try, something happens that gets in my way. But that didn't stop the Apostle Paul. That didn't stop him from his, from his endeavor to get together. Then, then we see here so clearly in verse number 19, he says, For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Are not ye even in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. So Paul makes it real clear. I love you guys. I want to be with you physically. I want to be at your church. I long to be with you. I desire. I'm endeavoring. I'm doing everything I I can, but every time I make a plan, I get I get messed up. I get uh, something throws me off course where I can't come. But I still love you guys. You guys are my joy, my my desire, my love. And can I just say that as a pastor, um, that is how if a pastor does not have that heart. He's really not where he's supposed to be with God. You know, I can, I can look at the Sandhill Church and I can say, well, I have a duty and a responsibility to all the people of this church. Certainly I do. I have that responsibility laid upon my shoulders by the Lord. And I have a duty to, to nurture you spiritually and to feed you and to, to point you in the right direction and sometimes to correct you. I have that duty, that responsibility. But I also have a love uh, that I just genuinely love you guys, not because it is required, not because it is a duty, but because God has put a love in my heart for all the people of Sand Hill Church. But can I just say on top of my duty and on top of my responsibility and on top of my love, can I say on top of all that, I just like being with you guys. I love you guys. I long and desire to be with you guys. And that's the picture we see here of Paul. He has a great desire to be together. And I tell you, that's what church is about. You know, through this virus that we've been through now for eight, nine months, if there's one thing we've learned, we need each other. 
Amen. We need each other. I need you guys. I need you guys in my life. I need to be with you guys physically. You guys need each other. You guys need the church. You, we, we are, it's not just about singing. It's not just about preaching. It's not just about all the things we think it is. It is about us being together as a church family because we need each other. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's, I desire it. I long to be together. And he says, I keep being hindered by Satan and, and having things come against me. Uh, but he says, I long to be with you. So number one, we see Paul's desire, a very strong desire uh, to be with his people. But number two, I'd like to look at Paul's difficulties. Paul's difficulties. You know, we look at this scripture and we begin to see a man who is trying very hard. Uh, he has a great desire. He's trying with everything he can. He's making plans. He's doing everything he can. And it seems like at every step he's being, uh, it's, it's just crumbling around him. Satan is fighting him. People are fighting him. Circumstances are keeping him from it. Everything he plans and everything he does just falls apart. And, and Paul is, is facing uh, some difficulties. Uh, but, but we want to understand that life is full of difficulties. Ministry is full of difficulties. You know, uh, th- this year has been a very unusual year, to say the least, in a lot of ways. And there isn't really a rule book or a plan book where you can just buy a book and say, this is what you do when this happens. We've never been here before. This is a different time. There are difficulties this year that we've never faced before. Uh, but can I tell you, that can't stop us. We can't say we're having these problems and that's going to slow us down or stop us. We've got to say that no matter what happens, just like Paul, we're going to learn from him. He just went another way. He said, that's not going to stop me. I'm going to keep going no matter what happens. And that's what I want us to see this morning is whenever the difficulties come, we keep going. I'd like to, this will become a lot more clear to you. I hope you still have your Bibles there. We'll come back to Thessalonians here in a minute. But if you could turn your Bible with me to the book of Acts, it makes things a lot clearer when you understand uh, the storyline. If you're familiar with your Bibles, Paul set out on his missionary journeys and he's traveling all over evangelizing continents and he's just going city to city and preaching the gospel. And we have it laid out in the book of Acts. We have this story here that makes, makes Thessalonians make a lot more sense when you put it all together. And so I'd like to just bring that in to our message this morning so as you'll understand uh, what Paul's talking about here to make a whole lot more sense when we get back to Thessalonians there, uh, the story that he's telling us. So we're looking at the difficulties of Paul. And in, in chapter 17 of the book of Acts, uh, if you look at verse number one, if you will, um, Paul has just arrived into town uh, this this is a place he's never been before. There's not a church there. The gospel's not been there. He shows up as a as a preacher of the gospel for the first time in Thessalonica. And we pick up in verse number one, chapter seventeen. Now, when we when now when they had passed through Amphimelus and Apollyon, they came to Thessalonica where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three days, three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scripture, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. 
So we have a church, a place here, a city where there's not a gospel presence, where there's not a church established, where there's nothing there. Paul walks in as this missionary and he preaches to them Jesus Christ and the gospel and the resurrection from the dead. He preaches it to these people. Uh, so that's a pretty amazing uh, thought just to think of that. But then look what happens. And this is just an amazing verse that, that we think about the next verse here. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. Now, can I say that's an amazing verse? And just for a slight rabbit trail here, but I, I want you to understand uh, the power of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul walks into a place where there are no Christians, and he tells them Jesus Christ came and died for your sins. He is the Messiah. He died. He rose from the dead. And if you want to go to heaven, you'll have to believe in him. Never had they heard that before. And some of the people said, I want that. I want to be a Christian. I want to believe. And they follow Paul. Now, that's a staggering thought to me that someone would just hear the gospel. Like it says three Sabbaths, he argued. It's not like he was there for a long time. It doesn't appear that he spent a lot of time here in Thessalonica. But in a very short time, telling them what the gospel said, these people said, I want want to be a Christian. Isn't that a, isn't that an amazing thought? The power of the gospel to change lives. You know, we get used to being in church and raised in church and, you know, and, and we hear the gospel, but, but the gospel has such power that even those who don't know it and have not been raised in church can hear it for the first time and say, I want that. I want to be a Christian. And, and just say this, if you're watching us online this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, if there's not been a time that you've received him into your heart. Boy, today is the day of salvation. And can I just tell you that, that if you're hearing this for the first time and you will believe it, that you can be a Christian today. And so, so consider that the power of the gospel to save lives. So as we go back to the story, so if you understand, Paul has walked in, there are some who said they believe this is fantastic. This is amazing. But then we come to verse number five. And it says, but the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sword, and gathered a company, and set all the city in an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out of the people. So, here, here's what's going on. Paul comes into this city. He preaches the gospel. There are a, a lot of people believe on him, but there are some people who did not believe on him. Now, that's what always happened when Paul come into town. There were some who believed. There were some who did not. No different than it is today. And, and so those who did not believe, they said, we don't want this guy preaching or, uh, the gospel around here. We don't believe that. So they gathered up a bunch of, of it says, lewd fellows, just bad people, and they caused a great big uproar. They caused a riot, and they begin to run all of the evangelists out of town, begin to persecute them and run them out. And they got Jason and it took him. And, and as you read the next verses there, there was just a big uproar. They said, we're not going to have them preaching in this city. And they ran them out of town. And the brethren came to Paul and they said, you know, we're, if you don't get out of here, you're going to die. And they literally ran Paul out of Thessalonica and they ran him into Berea. As we're still in chapter 17, if we look down to verse number 10, it says, and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went to the synagogue of the Jews. So Paul goes on to the next city. They run him out of Thessalonica. 
He has believers there, but the, the Jews run him out of town. He goes to the next city in Berea. There are people there who believe the gospel and become Christians. Again, the testimony of the power of the gospel. Hallelujah. But then these same people from Thessalonica who had run him out of Thessalonica, they hear that this guy is preaching the gospel in Berea. Now, they're our neighboring uh, city, and we're not really anything to do with them, but we don't want him preaching this anyway. So they've got those same people, and they they went to Berea and they drove Paul out of Berea. Paul's having some tough times. And they drive him all the way to Athens. It says, <clears throat> uh, it says in verse 13, if you look down at that, it says, But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge of the word of God was preached, and Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. And then if you drop down to verse 15, it says, And they conducted Paul, brought him into Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timothy, for to come unto him with all speed, they departed. So so here is Paul. He gets run out of town in Thessalonica. He goes the next town. He gets run out of that. He gets run all the way to Athens. These people are, are saying, you can't come here and preach the gospel. So with that background, with that understanding, if we look back now at Thessalonians, uh, where we started, if we go back to that, we're going to see now where Paul says in verse number uh, 15, second chapter 15, and it says, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. Paul said, these Jews who ran me out of Thessalonica, who ran me out of Berea, who ran me all the way to Athens, I'm trying to get back. But every time I'm trying to get back, uh, they keep fighting me and pushing me away. And, and Paul is saying, I, I've done everything I can to sneak in this way, or sneak in that way, to get back to you this way, to figure out a plan to come back. But everything I do, there's something comes against me and I can't get back to you. But I love you. Paul had some difficulties. Not only did he have those that were persecuting him and the men who just would not let him come back to the city, no matter how hard he tried, he could not overcome that difficulty. But if we look down to verse number 18, where Paul is uh, telling them uh, that he that he was trying to get to them once and again. But the last part of verse 18, it says, but Satan hindered us. You know, if we're in the ministry, Satan's going to fight us. That's, that's just part of it. It's not time to feel sorry for ourselves. It's not time to hang our head low. It's not time to be discouraged. Satan's going to fight us. That's what his job is. If you're a pastor, he's going to fight you. And, and Paul says here, I'm trying to get back to you, and the people won't let me. The riots won't let me. And not only that, when I try to get back, Satan is here. And Paul may have thought, well, I've got this way to get in. They won't find me. And something came on there. But the point is, uh, Paul's got some difficulties. He's got some things hindering him from doing what he's supposed to be doing. I just want you to think for just a minute with me. Paul's great love that he had, his desire for the people, all the difficulties he was facing, he's longing to be with the people physically. He can't get back because of the riots. He can't get back because of the persecution. He can't get back because of Satan uh, hindering him. I want you to think about Paul's emotions, his heart breaking his being discouraged, his maybe being confused. Lord, I was doing this for you, and it, and it, and why did it fall apart? And all the things that Paul is going through, uh, struggling to get back to the church of Thessalonica, and he's having so much trouble doing that. So, so this was a difficult time for Paul. Uh, but aren't you glad the story doesn't end there? And you know, we could close out there, and we could, we could have a pity party, and we could say things are so bad. Paul is trying to get back, and no matter what he does, he can't. And it just seems like he's, uh, 
He's getting knocked down on every side. But aren't you thankful, praise God, when Paul got knocked down, he got back up. When, when Paul got kicked in the face, he just got back up. When Paul was stoned and left for dead, he got back up. Paul would just kept on going. And can I just say, as Christians and as pastors and as leaders especially, when we get knocked down, we got to get back up. We, we don't quit. We don't fall down. We don't stop feel sorry for ourselves. We get back up and keep on going. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul does here. So I want you to next look with me at Paul's determination. Point number three, Paul's determination. So things aren't going real well. Things aren't going real well. Paul. No matter what he tries, no matter what he does, no matter what plans he makes, he cannot get back to the church of Thessalonica. Now again, uh, what's a man to do? It would have really been reasonable to look at that and you could say, you know, I've tried this and I've tried that and I've tried everything I possibly, I've done everything there is to do. I've done all that is humanly possible. I cannot get back to the church of Thessalonica. I've done all I can. But you know, Paul didn't do that. Paul said, you know, things aren't going the way I planned. Things aren't going the way I want, but I'm not giving up. And if we look at uh, uh, Paul's determination, he he tries multiple times. He keeps uh, repeating his effort. He's working really hard to, to, uh, to get back to them. Many times he has failed. And then as we look at uh, verse number two in chapter three, finally Paul says, in verse number one, he said, when I could no longer forbear, I decided to just go to Athens. What he's saying is the, the pressure was so strong, I couldn't overcome it. They were running me out of town, literally. A riot was running me out of town, and they ran me all the way to Athens. We read that in uh, in the book of Acts. But then we look at verse number two. He says, and I sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Here's the thing, guys. Paul wanted to come himself. Paul wanted to be the man who went back to Thessalonica. He did everything in his power, physically, spiritually, in every way he could to get back. He had a great desire. He had great difficulties. He had all these things against him. But at the end of the day, when he determined that I cannot get back physically, he did not give up on the church. He said, I'm going to send somebody back there. If I can't go, I'll send Timothy. And he sends Timothy back there. And he says, Timothy is a man of God. I'm sending him back there to establish you, uh, to strengthen you, uh, to encourage you and to let you know I haven't forgot about you. I'm still with you. My heart is still longing for you. And if I can't be there physically, I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to do what I can to help you. And that's exactly what he does. He sends Timothy back to uh, Thessalonica. So t- Timothy goes back to Thessalonica. Now there's a, we find it in uh, verse 6. It's, there's two causes Paul has. There is the fact that he wants to establish a church and encourage them and strengthen them and, and give them more of the Word of God with Timothy. But he's also, he tells us in verse number 6, that he's wanting a report back. He wants to know how the Thessalonians are doing. He hasn't been able to get back there physically. No doubt he's heard rumors and things of them. But he wants to have a report. How are they doing? Are they holding on to the gospel? Are they, are they persevering for Christ? Are they overcoming the obstacles? Are they doing what they're supposed to? So Paul has such a desire here for the people, and he has these difficulties that come at him, but his determination is whatever it takes, we're going to get the ministry done. And guys, can I just say that's what we have to do. You know, this week hasn't exactly planned out the way we uh, wanted it to, hasn't exactly went according to plan, uh, but 
we've got to keep going. We can't allow things to uh, uh, to knock us down and make us quit. We've got to keep going. And that's what and that's what Paul does here. He says, I can't go myself. I'm going to send Timothy. I'm going to find a way to do what needs to be done. This wasn't what Paul wanted. It wasn't his first choice. It wasn't what he started out planning to do. But in the end, he said, whatever it takes, we're going to get the ministry done. And we know that Timothy uh, was uh, like mind with Paul. He goes back and he he establishes the church. He lifts them up. He encourages them. He helps them. He comes back and gives Paul a good report on how good Thessalonica is doing. So, so the bottom line is, it wasn't Paul's first plan. Probably wasn't what Paul wanted. But Paul did what it took to overcome the obstacles. And and I think that's a really good message for us this morning. Uh, we're going to face those difficult times. We're going to face those obstacles and things that get knocked out from underneath us, and and, and our plans get dis- just destroyed. We got to keep going. We got to keep on uh, doing what we need to be doing. And lastly, and this is really close to my heart, um, I, I would like for you to see number point number four: Paul's defense. This is really so very important to me. This is so very important to me as a pastor. As we look at verse number three, <clears throat> chapter three, verse number three, it says, "Note that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto." You know what Paul's really saying? He's saying there are there is a church that is watching me. Thessalonica is watching me. Uh, there are young believers there who I have told them how great the gospel is, how great Jesus Christ is, how great it is to be a Christian, and I am having some difficulties now. And what he is saying is if they see me stopped because of my difficulties, that is going to have a tremendous effect on those that are watching me. And Paul just simply made up his mind, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm not going to let them see me get knocked down and then they want to quit because I quit. And how important is that, guys? How how important is that? He says, I was appointed to afflictions. He told them before he ever left, he said, listen, I'm, I'm going to have some problems. I'm going to have some afflictions. And he says, I'm appointed there too. Can I just say, we're all appointed to some afflictions. We're all appointed to some problems. You don't get out of this life without having problems and difficulties and things you got to struggle with. The, the, the main thing is not that you have have problems, the main thing is that you keep on going and don't let your problems to stop you, but you you continue the ministry for the Lord. So Paul uh, defends them from being defeated. And really what Paul's saying is, I know how important it is that I don't let these problems get me down because once they get me down, they're going to get the church down. And guys, I want you to know that's really, really important. I know I I do a lot of things and maybe have a different outlook on, on a lot of things, maybe from some of you that go to Sand Hill. I know that sometimes people say, why does he do the things that he does? Or or maybe some people say, well, it doesn't seem like he cares like he should. But can I just tell you that whenever problems come in the church, whether it be whatever the problems be, whatever we may face, what we're facing this week, it isn't a time to hang our head and and feel sorry for ourselves. It is a time to say we're not going to stop. We're going to keep going on. It's not doom and gloom and woe is me. It is God is enough and we're going to get through this. Listen, we've been fighting this thing since February and the church has done phenomenal. Sand Hill has done phenomenal. You, you guys have been awesome in, in watching online and giving and attending and all that you've done all up this place. And listen, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what the next six months or a year holds. I, I don't know what holds. But can I, can I tell you, you need to see your pastor who doesn't say, I'm just so down, I can't go on. But you need to see your pastor who says, we got knocked down. We're going to get back up and we're going to keep on going. He defended them from being defeated. I heard a story 
I, and this is a true story. It was told as a true story. And I, I believe I've told this here before. I believe this was back during World War II. But there was a, there were some of our, our men in our military that had flew over enemy lines and they had gotten shot down. And there were several of them that had, that had been captured by the enemy and they were in, in uh, prisoner of war camps and they were being uh, tortured and persecuted by the enemy, kept by the enemy. And the enemy just wanted them to simply uh, turn their back on the United States to, to say that the United States was evil and corrupt and that they shouldn't be fighting this battle and, and uh, to, to get them to speak evil of the country. Just that was just a simple thing that they needed them to do. And, and there was a lieutenant that was caught up in that. And he had all these other men there that were under him that had been captured as well. And the enemy was torturing them and doing all kinds of things to them. Uh, but the enemy understood one thing. Uh, if we can get the lieutenant, uh, we'll we have won a great victory. And, and the story goes like this. Again, it was told for a true story that, that this man was beaten every day. He was beaten. He was tortured. He suffered. They, they didn't feed him food. They would just, just anything imaginable you can imagine that they did to him. It was actually told, the story was told that when the other men saw him, there was not one uh, spot on his body that was not black and blue. He was, he was literally beaten to a pulp every day. Uh, and, and this lieutenant would not back up on his conviction uh, of the battle for the United States. And, and he didn't. And finally, uh, thankfully, this, this man uh, was, was delivered out of the, from the enemy and, and he, he went on to live. And, and, they, and they asked him after that, they said, what kept you going? What kept you from giving in and, and just saying what the enemy wanted you to? Why did you let them keep abusing you? And this is what that lieutenant said. He said, I knew there were other men watching me. And they would be strong as long as I am strong. But as soon as they saw me defeated, they would all crumble underneath me. And guys, that's real. That is real. That, that, is, that is the heart of a pastor. When the pastor gives in and gives up and fails and falls down, the, the congregation will say there's no hope. There, there's, there's, there's nothing there to count on. But when the pastor will say, yeah, I got knocked down, but I'm getting back up. Yeah, things didn't go as planned, but I'm going to get back up. Yeah, our plans kept falling apart, but we're just going to keep on going. Uh, when, the, when the pastor can say that, when the leadership can say that, the congregation can say, you know what? We're going through some difficulties. We're going through some hard times, but as long as he keeps getting back up, we're going to keep getting back up and following him. And church can I tell you, that's important. That is important today that no matter what comes, we just keep getting back up and keep going on. And I don't ever want to be the man who says, I give up. I quit. It's just too hard. It's just too much. I don't ever want to be the one who says, why is this happening to us? We're, 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 we're such, we're such a good church and we're doing so many good things. Why are the problems coming? We're planning on doing these good things and they keep falling apart. I don't want to be that pastor. I want to be the pastor who say that just fell apart. So let's do something different. Okay. That didn't work out. Let's do something different. Okay. We had plans and they didn't go the way we wanted, but let's keep going because we're not going to give up until Jesus comes. And can I tell you, church, that is important. That is important for everybody. Um, you know how many people are, are, are destroyed when leaders fall? And you know, I know uh, all across this land, we have many, many, many friends that are in churches right now. And like I said, church, we're not the only ones going through that. There are a lot of churches that have a lot of cases of Corona, COVID in their, in their, uh, inside their church. There are numerous churches that are shut down for lengthy periods of time. There are a lot of pastors that are discouraged. There's a lot of 
problems now being a pastor. And, and there are a lot of pastors that are very discouraged. And there are pastors who are just wanting to quit and give up. But can I just say this to all the pastors? It's important that we keep on going. It's important that we tell the congregation, don't matter what happens, we're going to keep on going. If we have cases of COVID, we're going to keep on going. If we have people who are sick, we're going to keep on going. If things we planned out fall apart, we're going to keep on going. It is important to say that this is too important to just stop, but we're going to keep going. And I praise God that you guys have have followed us and, and kept uh, going through all that we've been through over these last eight or nine months. So, so there was a defense uh, that Paul set for the people uh, to to make sure that they understood how important that this was. And I hope you guys at home are understanding this. Hope you're understanding that. You know, we were here just last week, had a church full of people. Things were going great. Our attendance has been up. Our offerings have been up. The Spirit's been up. We've been having good services. Praise God, everything is good. And and just like a Mack truck out of nowhere, uh, sickness started coming into our church all of a sudden. And, and, you know, we've been very blessed here at the church. We we went for I don't know how many months and not one case of, of a virus in our entire church. And, and really not been hardly anything happened in all eight or nine months that this has been going on. Our church has been very healthy. Thank God for it. And all of a sudden, like a Mack truck, uh, it just boom, all of a sudden people started getting sick. But can I tell you, it's not a time to feel sorry for ourselves. It's not a time to say, woe is me. It's a time to say, praise God, it's not any worse than what it is. And we're going to get through this and we're going to keep going. Since we started, uh, since we started this process back in February or whenever it was with this virus, um, I, I, you know, we don't always tell everything that is going on. A lot of times we talk about a lot of things, trying to figure out what is best for the church, what is the best direction we should go in. But I could not, without exaggerating, I couldn't tell you how many times we have made plans and worked very hard and, and tried to figure out what was the best thing for the congregation. And we would work hours and hours and hours and really trying to get things that would really help the church. And, and those plans that we made would literally just crumble. And after we had worked so hard, they would literally just fall apart right, right before our eyes. And, and we would come up with another plan and then another plan and then it would just crumble. And we come up with another plan and that would crumble. You know, I, I think a lot of you know that uh, now two or three times we have decided we would go back to three services a week. Every time we do that, someone tests positive Corona. You know, we could say, well, that's just a sign we shouldn't do it. No, it is resistance. Uh, it is Satan uh, resisting us and it is the problems of life. It is not a time to give up. It is not a time to say it's a sign to stop. It is a time to say we got to readjust and go on. That's what Paul did. That's what we're going to do. We're, we're we're not going to give in. We're not going to give up. We're not going to be defeated. We're going to say if that plan didn't work, we'll find another plan because we're not going to quit for Jesus. And I hope all you guys are with me on that. I hope you guys understand how important this is. Problems are going to come. Plans are going to fail. Our things aren't going to go the way we plan for them to. We just make another plan and go on. And I hope you guys understand it. I hope you guys understand that how, how important this is to climb over those obstacles and be what we're supposed to be. <clears throat> So, we said this last week, we'll say it again, people are going to get sick, but church is important. I wouldn't want anyone to do anything that's dangerous for their health. I hope no one misunderstood anything I said last week. I think we should be cautious of our health. Me and Renee have been sick this week, and, and different ones in the church have been sick. Uh, praise God, it's not been any worse than what it is. Amen? Uh, but but things are going to happen, and you know we're, we're two days away from an election. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know the next time we stand here, what, what we'll be standing here, uh, what will be going on in our country. Uh, there, there may be other things that we don't even know that are coming down the road. And the truth is... It, 
we are getting closer and closer to the end times, there are going to be problems. We've not yet in this country had to face here in our area anyway, we've not yet had to face uh, Christian persecution where they told us we could not come to church, where they would uh, persecute us if we did. But you know, that could very possibly could come. But can I just say this, whatever it is, whether it's the virus, whether it's the election, whether it's persecution, whether it's the government, whatever it is, we don't stop. We replan and we go forward. You say, well, that plan you made didn't work out. No, we'll have to make another plan. That's what we do as, a, as leadership of a church. And that's what we do as a congregation. And, and I know that it's been, you know, it would be nice if we could just lay out a plan and say, this is exactly, you know, it'd be nice today if I could just say for the next six months, this is exactly what's going to happen. But you know, if I laid out a plan for the next six months, it probably wouldn't even be any good by next Sunday. That's just the way things have been going. And this isn't a unique thing for Sand Hill. Almost every pastor in the country that I, that I listen to and follow are going through the exact same thing. Their plan just keeps getting thrown out the window but we keep on going and that's what you guys got to understand we keep on going we don't allow these things to defeat us can i just say the sand hill church we're going to get through this we're going to get through the ones that are sick now we're going to get through it we're going to get through this virus we're going to get through the election we're going to get through the mess this country's in we're going to get through everything that's going on in this church right now and we'll get through everything that, that comes in the future of this church we're going to get through it because we're not going to stop because church is important Amen. And I hope you guys are all, I mean, I hope you guys will give me a big amen online. I hope you guys will say, yeah, pastor, that, that's what we feel too. Cause you guys have been awesome and, and the battle's not over. The difficulties aren't over, but we're not going to quit. We're just going to keep on going. And we got to say church is too important to let these things knock us down. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you have been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together enliven each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content and programming provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages by visiting our website at www.sandhillfwb.com.